welcome to another episode of the Extraordinary Moms Podcast. I'm Jessica Dahlquist, your host, and every Tuesday I interview a different mom who shares their motherhood journey and the lessons they've learned along the way. If I've learned anything from interviewing such a wide range of moms, it's that no two extraordinary moms look the same. We all have a story to tell, and we are all mothering in our own way. So let's celebrate that and learn from one another. Thanks for listening, and if you like what you hear, please share this show with a friend. Good morning and happy Friday. I hope you all had the most wonderful Thanksgiving. You may notice that the sound quality is a little bit different. I'm traveling. I am with my family for the holidays and I brought my computer, but not my microphone. And so I'm recording this actually as a voice memo on my phone. (laughs) This is how I used to do it actually when uh, my computer was kind of on the fritz. I would do it as a voice memo and then put it in GarageBand and edit that way. And actually, I think the sound is not that bad. It just might sound different than what you're used to lately. So wanted to give you that heads up. But I hope you guys had the most wonderful week with your families um, celebrating Thanksgiving. I feel really grateful for a week off to enjoy my kids and do some fun things. We went to the movies and played at the park a lot, had fun with friends and family and cousins and all of that types of things. I am glad that it's only a week and then we're going back to regular programming, but (laughs) I'm sure you can identify. But it is fun to have that special quality time with family and everything. I feel really fortunate um, this year to be driving distance for my family, and it's just a great blessing. So for those of you that are not in your family and that is a hardship for you, I really feel for you. I get what that feels like to feel like you're missing out and being around family and creating those memories. But remember that you are a little family too. It is just as important for you as a small nuclear family to celebrate holidays and make memories and make them awesome. And yes, it's great to have cousins and aunts and grandpas and grandmas around, but it's also great to just be you too. And so if you're in a season like that, recognize that that's pretty special as well. So that's what I have to say about that. So if you follow me on Instagram, you may have noticed me talking about this topic that I'm going to cover today. Um, I think it was like last week that I brought it up, or maybe it was two weeks ago. Um, I was having a problem with my son bolting, my two-year-old. He was running away from me in public all the time, and it was becoming a major problem. Not only was it annoying, but it was also a safety thing as well. And so if you don't follow me on Instagram, you can do that at Dahlquist 3 And then you'll hear lots more stuff like what I'm about to talk about. (laughs) But anywho, so the problem that I was having is whenever we are at a public place like a library or a grocery store, um, Target, I mean, even the park, any time where I say, you know, come here, Jackson, and he wants to create a game out of it or he doesn't want to listen and wants to stay in the place or wants attention, whatever the reason is, he runs away. Raise your hand if you can identify I know we've all been there. Jackson is two and a few months. He has a July birthday. So um, two and a few months old. And I understand that running away from your parents to get a reaction is developmentally appropriate. Let's get that on the table first of all. So a child who does something that is developmentally appropriate should not be punished or scolded for things that are appropriate. However, it is our job as parents to teach our children what expectations we expect are, what the expectations are. If we do not want them dumping out all their toys, it's our job to help them to understand 
that is not appropriate behavior. It does not mean that they should be spanked or ridiculed for doing that. It doesn't mean we can't feel frustrated. But I think it is in both our best interest and the child's to be instructed in a different way. Um, And I've really been thinking a lot about this because two-year-olds who don't have a huge sense of cause and effect, consequences, um, and natural kind of conscience about things, it makes it really hard to reason with them, right? And it makes it hard for them to have a lasting impression on what they should and should not do. However, what all two-year-olds do love is attention. And so when my son starts bolting in public and starts running away from me, he gets a lot of attention from me, from onlookers. It turns into a game and he's getting exactly what he wants, right? And so I knew it wasn't working, but somehow I always kind of broke into a sprint. (laughs) But the funny thing is that my husband thinks it's so hilarious because I was talking to him about it one night and I'm like, Jackson's faster than me now. When we're in the library and he's running down the aisles and going from aisle to aisle trying to outsmart me and outmaneuver me and I'm trying to catch him, he's faster than me. And he's like, Jessica, how is the two-year-old faster than you? And I'm like, well, he's not actually faster than me, but there's only a speed that I'm comfortable with going in a public place. And he's faster than that speed. I'm willing to power walk. I'm willing to do a very light jog. I'm not willing to like sprint to get to my child and look ridiculous to catch him. But Pete's like, well, I would just sprint to get him. And then it ends it a lot faster than you like going up and down each aisle with your power walk. (laughs) And I suppose he's right. But ultimately my hope was that I just wouldn't have to chase him. And I And what I realized is I don't have to chase him. I don't. That is an absolute choice. And so I appealed to the masses on Instagram and I put it out there. Hey, my two-year-old is bolting in public. We have playing this game of chase like every day. If he's not buckled into a stroller, he is gone. And I want to give him a little bit more freedom. And I want to be in a teaching position where I can teach him appropriate behavior. But I was really struggling with how to do that. And so I reached out to Ralphie of Simply On Purpose, who was on the show um, a couple weeks ago. So if you haven't listened to her episode, she is like the most amazing, intuitive parent I know. And so she's a great place and, and resource to go to when it comes to your individual parenting questions. So go to at Simply On Purpose on Instagram. Anyways, I reached out to her and I said, Ralphie, what do I do? How do I stop the bolting? And she so kindly responded and said, oh, I'm glad you thought of me. Of course I did, Ralphie. You're amazing. And she said, first of all, like he's wanting to get attention. Okay, check. I got it. I know this. And you chasing him is giving him the attention and reinforcing the behavior. Check. Got this. And the thing about parenting, guys, that's so challenging is that don't you really know these answers? Like I totally get what she's saying. I understand that. Sometimes we just don't know what else to do then. So like, okay, I'm with you, Ralphie. I don't want to feed into the game. I don't want to feed into the attention, but then what? And so this is where she really gave me some great ideas that I've been implementing and I want to tell you how well they are working for me. So she said, give him attention, but don't give him attention for running. Give him attention for standing beside you. Give him attention for staying in his seat. Give him attention for all the positive things he's doing. When you are overflowing with attention and positive affirmations, 
they won't even have time to misbehave because they are so lapping up the positivity. I'm like, okay, like that makes sense. And she's like, do not chase him. Don't engage in that game. Don't engage in that game. And if you've developed a pattern of chasing, this is not going to work on the very first time you implement a new strategy because they're not, they're not in on this. They're not in on your changing the situation, your change in the game. They just know that when they run, you've always run after them. So the first time you don't run after them, don't expect them to just come back. <laughs> and that guys, that's exactly what happened with me at the library. Why is it always the library? I think it's because of the aisles. He really likes the in and out of the aisles and being able to hide at the end. So I think that's it. Grocery stores are also a big one. So anyways, we're at the library and this is the first time that I tried this. So he takes off running and I say, Jackson, and I say it kind of in a loud voice because he's quite a distance from me at this point. We don't run at the library. He keeps running. Okay. So I'm thinking, well, gosh, this isn't working. But then I just stay still. I stay planted. And you know how they go like a certain distance and they stop and hide and then they kind of peek to see if it's working. That is what he did. And so I kind of went halfway up. So it didn't seem like that extreme of a chase game. But I just, when he wasn't looking at me, I walked a little bit closer so that his proximity was closer to me. So it was a little bit safer. And I was frozen in place when he looked back and I said, And I just shook my head and I just said, clearly and calmly, we don't run in libraries. Please come stand beside me. And I wasn't going to be mad at him or yank him or anything. All I wanted to do was praise him for doing the right thing. So that first time when I said that, that second time, he didn't come. He didn't come. And so he kind of ran down the next aisle. And so I kind of did the same thing. I placed myself in a spot where I knew he was going to poke back out and it was a an ample distance that was fine for him to come back to me. And by the third time he peeked around the corner and I said, Jackson, we do not run. Come give mom a hug. And he came to me and then I squeezed him and loved him and said, thank you for standing next to me. I didn't say thanks for coming back because I don't want him to think run away, come back, then get the reward. I just said, Oh, I love you. I love you. I love you. And that was it. Okay, so that was the first opportunity I had to change the game and change the habit. So then the next time we went to the library, oh, oh, I forgot. The, the other thing that was really important that she said that I actually didn't do that first time that I think was a game changer for the second time is that she said, state your expectations ahead of time. Tell them what you expect from the beginning. We can't assume that our kids know everything we want them to do. We can't expect them to know what proper behavior is in the library until we teach them. And that is something that I've really been thinking so, so much about. When our kids throw a tantrum in Target, all they know is that they see aisles and aisles of toys that they would love to get their hands on. And we're saying, no, you can't have any toys. Well, how are they supposed to know it's not just free? How are they supposed to know, you know, we have enough toys at home and we can't organize it all? And I mean, they're not thinking logistically. They just see it and they want it. And so by saying before you walk into Target, okay, we're going into Target for milk and cereal and vitamins. And that's it. We're not going to go in the toy aisles. We're not going to buy toys today. Or if you're saying, okay, we're going to buy a toy for so-and-so who has a birthday party. 
You're going to help pick it out, but we're only buying a toy for Johnny. We're not buying a toy for you today. If you see a toy you like, we can remember that, but we're not buying a toy today. Do you understand that? Who are you buying a toy for? Johnny. So the expectation is set up front, helping our kids to understand what we understand as adults can really help them to manage their expectations so much better. And we really can't blame them for tantrums based upon unrealistic expectations that they don't know how to control or what they should be thinking or feeling, you know? You know what I mean? That's just something I've really been trying to to appreciate about my kids so much more and give them the benefit of the doubt that they don't always know how it is they're supposed to be acting. So it's my job to help them to understand. Okay, so back to the library situation. So this next time, I said, okay, Jackson, we're going to, this is what I'm unbuckling him from the parking lot, okay? I'm unbuckling him. I'm close to his face. I'm smiling. Okay, Jackson, we're going to the library. We're going to pick out a book. And then when we're checking out, you're going to stand right next to me. And we're going to check out the book. And you're going to stand right next to me. Are you going to stand next to me? Yes, mama. Yeah. Okay. So he's, he's on board. He's on board. We're not going to run in the library. We're going to stand next to mama. Are we going to run the library? And he kind of shakes his head. You're going to stand next to mama. And he shakes his head. I'm like, okay, this is good. And so, you know, I'm holding him into the library and we get his book. It's great. And then I get to the point where I have to put him down at the checkout. And before I set him down, I said, okay, you're going to stand right next to mama. Okay. This might seem extreme, But literally any second that I had a moment where I wasn't like doing something else, like checking the book out, I'd like scan my card and look down at him and say, you're standing next to me. That's what we do at the library. You're such a good boy. And then I would, you know, scan the book. I'd look back down. Jackson, you're so amazing. I'm looking at you standing next to me at the library. I mean, this is like overkill, but he's standing next to me. This is the opportunity where every other time he bolted. Every single time. And guys, this is the second experience after changing the game with him that I was able to get this type of behavior. And it's not because of me. It's just because I I get it. I'm giving him that same response that he was craving that he achieved through the chasing game. And now he's getting it through my positive affirmations. Guys, he stood next to me the whole time. It was incredible. It was incredible. So then the next day we went to the post office. And so as I'm unbuckling him at the post office, and again, it's a wide open space. And so there's lots of room to run around. There's those like line, um, like bungee cord things to keep people in line that kids love to like hang on and knock over. You know, (laughs) we've all been there. And so as I'm unbuckling him, I'm saying, okay, we're at the post office. Can you hold my letter? Oh, the other thing is, yeah, Ralphie said, Give your kids a job. If there's a way they can have a job or make it a game or something, that's what you should do. So if you're at the grocery store saying, okay, can you help me find the peaches? Can you point to the peaches? Or can you pick out one apple for me if they're you know, able to reach that? So at the post office, I said, can you hold my letter? You're going to hold my letter and you're going to stand right next to me at the post office. You're not going to run away. You're going to stand right next to me because we stand in line at the post office. And he says, oh, you know, just nods. Okay, so we walk into the post office. We're standing in line. And granted, I went at a time where there wasn't a huge line. Because literally, if you're expecting your kids to do things unrealistically, you can't be that disappointed when it goes awry. 
if there's 15 people in line and you're expecting them to not start messing around, that's an unrealistic expectation for a little one, right? And so it's better to come back at a time that is a better time than make them suffer through that and face a potential tantrum. And so thankfully there was like two people in front of us. And so we stood in line. He held my letter and literally every second that I could, I just kept repeatedly looking down. Jackson, you're standing next to me. You're doing such a good job. Oh, are you holding my letter? You're doing great. And I just kept praising him again and again and again. And he was standing next to me and he was smiling and he was happy. And he was the cutest little letter holder you've ever seen. And all the people around, granted, they were really old people who obviously think all children are cute, but they were like, wow, he's so well behaved. And guys, this is the same kid that I was chasing through the grocery store lines. I was chasing through the library. This is the same kid. So it's not like, woohoo, parent of the year. It's just that like I got on the same page with him with what he needed. That's the secret. That's the secret to parenting. Being on the same page with your child about what they need and how you can provide those needs for them. That's the secret. And I'm getting it. I'm getting it a little more every day. Do I still blow it? Oh, sure. Oh, sure I do. But I'm getting it a little more. And the more and more that you're conscious of it and the more and more that you make good decisions, the more and more that will be the habit instead of chasing after your kid. And so it was a success that day at the post office. We got up to the line. He handed me my letter. And as I'm checking out, again, I kept looking down at him. You're standing next to mom and you're doing such a good job. We're almost done. One more minute, Jackson. Just stand next to me for one more minute. We checked out successfully. He never ran. I gave him a big hug at the end. I said, we don't run in the post office. You did such a good job sitting next to me or standing next to me. And he just smiled. <sighs> When we are able to have positive interactions with our kids, it does so much for your relationship. It is, it is such a pleasure to have him around when I know that I'm not going to be stressed all the time about his behavior in a public place. Um, there are certain things that I just can't do with him at this age because it's unrealistic that he's going to be able to behave in that setting. And so I just forgo those things for now. Um, Maybe it's sitting at a restaurant for a long time. Um, Going to the movie theater. Oh my gosh, that is a nightmare right now. He enjoys the movie for a time, but he doesn't understand being quiet. He doesn't understand sitting still. Those are two developmentally appropriate, realistic things. And that's fine. I just don't take him to the movies, you know? And so when we can have those realistic expectations of our kids, it's a lot easier to handle the trouble that comes when it doesn't go well. However, it is so, so crucial from an early age to realize it is our job to help them to learn what appropriate behavior looks like. I am here to help him to learn. And just like sometimes I need repetition in learning new things, they also need repetition in learning new things. And we should not give up too early when it comes to reinforcing the same principles of appropriate behavior again and again and again and again and again. And may I feel like, well, this isn't working. And then we throw in the towel. But you may just be one library visit away from getting that 
that really smart, sweet child of yours to stand next to you. You might be one grocery store visit away from them staying in the cart. You, you never know. You may just be one away. So don't give up on those things. That may be really hard to break those habits at the very beginning, but by constant reinforcement in a positive way of the correct behavior, I have seen huge shifts in one week's time. One week. And like I said, the first time we went to the library, it didn't go that well. You know, like he wasn't on my game plan. I had a new strategy, but he certainly didn't. But now the new strategy for me is positive reinforcement. Now he knows that if he does what I say explicitly is the expectation, he will get praised. So he's he's in on it. He's in on the game and it is working so well. So I want to thank Ralphie of Simply On Purpose <laughs> for literally changing my perspective on this. And what I love about this principle and so many of the other ones that she shares is that it can be applied to any setting, any age. Whether you're trying to empathize and understand where a teenager is coming from or whether you are trying to reason and set expectations for a toddler, it's really quite the same. You know, as your child is arguing about doing homework at night, it's kind of like, okay, so how might they be feeling in the situation? Are they feeling stressed by the homework? Are they overtired? Are they hungry? Are they whatever? Try and get inside their mind and ask them, like, well, when would you like to do your homework? How will this work best? Would you rather work in your room or work out here? Would you rather me help you from the beginning or would you rather me check at the end? You know, those types of things. Um, And then just praising them, like, oh, I really love how you just got your homework right out after school and started it. If your child knew that they were going to be acknowledged in a positive way for sitting down and pulling out their homework without being reminded after school, chances are much more likely that they will pull out their homework without being reminded. If you ignore the fact that they get ready for school on their own every morning, they may stop doing it eventually. They may slack off. But if they know they're going to get positive attention from you for any behavior, they're going you're going to see more of that. Just the same as if you're giving them a lot of attention for running away from you in public, they're going to do a lot more of that. So that is why I don't chase my child in public anymore. (laughs) Anymore. This doesn't mean that I wasn't chasing him two weeks ago because I was. We are all a work in progress as parents. And so I hope that this helps you, whether or not you're chasing a toddler currently or whether you are working through something else that involves helping your child to see what is appropriate behavior or what your expectations are for a certain event or behavior in a certain time or, you know, in regards to a certain thing, setting those expectations clearly and helping them to achieve that and reinforcing good behavior and appropriate behavior with positive reinforcement. It's the secret. It's the secret. Yeah. Amazing. So thank you, Ralphie, for that. It really helped me so much, and I hope this helps all of you. So don't chase your kids. Don't scold your kids for things that are developmentally appropriate, but just help them to learn what is appropriate behavior. Um, we Every moment is a teaching moment, and there are some times where I react really poorly, and all they know is that they got in trouble. They don't know how to behave differently next time. So that's really what I'm working on, having more teachable moments and less just you're in trouble moments. 
And sometimes setting a consequence and doing that is way easier than following through on a teachable moment. But I guarantee it will be way more impactful long-term if you do that. So that's just what I have to say about that. Jackson sure is cute though, isn't he? Do you follow me on Instagram? (laughs) He's so darling. Oh, with that British accent. So cute. If you don't already follow me on Instagram, you can do that at Jessica Dahlquist 3 or on Facebook at Extraordinary Moms Podcast or on our website, extraordinarymomspodcast.com. I want to thank Nicole Nordeman for coming on the show on Tuesday. Wasn't that wonderful? If you want to enter to win one of her three books, Slow Down. You can go over to my Instagram and enter. All you have to do is tag a friend and tell me, or tell them, I guess, why you're thankful for them. For Thanksgiving week, I wanted to really emphasize that feeling of thankfulness and gratefulness. So tell a friend why you're grateful for them and you're entered to win one of Nicole's books. I hope you win. The giveaway will close on Monday, so make sure you enter to win by then. Next week, we have an incredible episode. It's with Liz Plakta. Liz is the founder of Ruby's Rainbow, an amazing organization that helps send children with Down syndrome to college. She herself is an extraordinary mom of two. And while her daughter, who has Down syndrome, is still young, she is already paving the way for her daughter to really see that there are unlimited potential and possibilities for her in her education and in her life despite the fact that she has Down syndrome. And so Liz is going to talk all about their organization, about how she felt when she learned that her daughter had Down syndrome. She's just incredible. It's an amazing, amazing episode, and I can't wait for you to listen. So thanks for tuning into the podcast today. You guys are incredible. Thank you for sharing the show, leaving reviews. It's a pleasure to be with you. So we'll see you next week for another episode with another extraordinary mom. Happy Thanksgiving.